0: You're listening to Bob Tannum in the
2: Garden. She's going to tell us all about the wonderful things going on this next week or so. Here you go.
0: Here's Edie. All right. Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter. And thank you for everybody who visited the website this week. That's wonderful. Uh, So if you're looking for anything interesting going on in the gardens or your Neighborhood uh, Master Gardeners Association. That is all listed on our website uh, for their um, their website. So their websites are listed to our website. So go to bobtanum.com, and you can always find your master garden, local master gardeners there and a link to their site so that you can find out about what's going on. Um, also, California Native Plant Society is having a talk with Juanita Salisbury called Native Plant Pollinators. This is coming up on... I didn't write down the date, that's so strange. I did write down the time at 7.30 to 9. It'll be a YouTube presentation. You can call 650-260-3450 to find out more information. This is the California Native Plant Society of Santa Clara Valley. So you can link on to their pre-recorded shows at www.youtube.com forward slash c forward slash CNPS, Santa Clara Valley, for more information. You can also go directly to their website, which is also linked at our, our website, www.cnps-scv, for Santa Clara Valley, dot org. April 8th, uh, 7 p.m., after dark bees at the Exploratorium San Francisco. So this is happening April 8th at 7 p.m., Um, They've got a lecture series that happens every weekend um, and every week, I think, uh, different nights every week. Uh, You can uh, see this on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Exploratorium, or you can go to their website, which is exploratorium.edu. And again, that's happening April 8th, and that's all about bees. Um, April 9th, Spring Edible Series, Good bet. let's see if I can say this. Good bug, bad bug. there we go. And this is uh, sponsored by the San Mateo San Francisco Master Gardeners and this is April 9th from 1 to 215 on Friday. Um, so a little lecture series there and you can go to see that at smsf San Mateo San Francisco dash Alright, right, so that's coming up. Also, next Saturday, April 10th, Gardening in the Virtual Age at 9 a.m. And this is for Amador County Master Gardeners. Uh, But just because you don't live there, you can still try to see it. Uh, You can go to ucanr.zoom.us. That's a basic channel for all the Master Gardeners and the entire state so that if you're interested in one thing or another, um, see if you can hook up yourself to a class there. But that one is happening April 10th, and it's all about the virtual age of gardening. And so that's coming up. So Saturday, April 10th also, 10 to 12, Garden for the Environment, which is a local place that puts on all sorts of workshops in San Francisco and uh, online, of course. Uh, This one is, uh, get tickets for this, because I do charge for every class, www eventbrite.com, and look for Garden for the Environment. This class is April 10th from 10 to 12. It's Grow Your Own Food in April. So you can see they have uh, monthly events as well. You can go to their website at www.gardenfortheenvironment.org, gardenfortheenvironment.org, or you can give them a call at 415-558-8246. 415-558-8246. 415-558-8246. And we've got the, let's see, April 7th, coming up this week, 730, Native Plant Pollinators. I did that one. Okay, so that was easy. Boy, that was a whole page I just went right through. That was great. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I saw Juanita's name again, and I'm like, I already said that. Okay, because uh, that was last week's so Wednesday, April 7th, Summer Garden Soil Prep that's still coming up at 5 p.m. uh this is the center for uh, agroecology and sustainable food systems this is a, a a group down at the uc santa cruz um so they've got zoom webinars you can always hook up to whatever they're doing at the at the moment that they're doing it or in the future by calling 831 831- 459 3240. 831 459 3240. This is Center for the Agroecology and Sustainable Food. Uh, they also have a website, CASFS. So that's California CASF. Uh, don't know what it stands for. Um, S like Sam, F like Frank, and S like Sam. Dot UCSC. All right, that sounds like fun. Um, I think we're, do- we're We're good, Dad. We will get you to your callers now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, here we go. Hey, thanks for all of that, Edie. Let's go to Scott in San
2: Francisco. Hi there, Scott.
3: Uh, good morning, Bob. I had a uh,
2: some uh, question about rose bush leaves. Uh, my wife has plant- planted some rose bushes in a half of fifty uh, five gallon wooden wooden barrels in the back of our house it's four or five wooden barrels and the plants are the plants themselves are about a foot apart but lately there's been this rust colored stuff on the leaves on the bottom of the leaves and we've been trimming that
4: stuff off but it seems to be coming back on
2: no no, no. you're not going to get ahead of it that way uh scott you've got to uh spray for it there's a product on the market it's called Actinivate. it's the only product on the market that will eliminate rust on the leaves in San Francisco, with the cool and hot and, well, the mixed-up weather that we're having, uh, it's pretty much going to be a standard thing for a lot of other plants, including geraniums. So everybody ought to look for that. Uh, <clears throat> but if you can find that innovate, that's the, uh, we'll eliminate it. Uh, one of the things, if you can't find uh, that, uh, spray the area with liquid copper. That will help uh, <laughs> slow it down in the way. Okay?
3: What do you mean, spray the area? What does that mean?
2: like in the ground, spray the ground around that, spray the shrub with liquid copper, and that should help. The area means the whole yard, basically where you have the roses.
3: Okay. okay. All right. Thank you very much. Where do you think you fellow could find Actinivate anyway?
2: Oh, it's. I know you can go to Amazon. They have it. But then uh, that's, All right. one, uh, that's one of the better ones that I can uh, recommend. Uh, try Ace Hardware. Sometimes they have it as well. Thank you very much, Bob. Hey, Scott, thank you for the call. You take care. Well, we're going to go to Baja Bob in Baja. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi there, Bob. <laughs> hi, how are you? Good morning. Happy Easter. Thank you. And you too.
5: A uh, question about a hibiscus. I've got three hibiscus that are fairly well grown together they look real nice they're about three years old um never before have i seen on the leaves the tips of the leaves are turning black and there are other black spots on it and it is going from a green from the tip towards the back of the leaf a yellow
2: Hmm. wow Uh um I suspect uh, a uh, a problem with drainage. Uh, Oftentimes when you get that, uh, Bob, is you get a, uh, where the drainage somehow or other, are these in a container or are they in the ground?
5: No, they're in the ground.
2: Okay. So in Baja, you don't get frost, so I think you're fine with that. Um, And... I, I. all, what you can do is maybe... Okay, I'm thinking that maybe the water it, that you're getting uh, is a full of alkaline or lime or something on that order. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would recommend if you could possibly find a way to take a pH test and uh, test that out, because uh, hibiscus do not like to have anything above 6.5. Okay.
5: And... Um the soil in that it, the way that where they're planted slopes down and there is a brick border, so it does capture the water a little bit. So I was thinking maybe overwatering may have been
2: part of uh, no, the because they're tropical. they can take all the water they can get. And with that uh, okay. in mind, what you're describing sort of uh, backs up what I'm saying is that you're have a, you have a pH problem
5: all right. You know, um, How to correct so that? So what's the solution?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, Acid, uh, get some rhododendron, azalea, camellia food uh, uh, fertilizer and ha- ha- put oh, that okay. on your plant and that'll correct the pH. It'll at least lower it. But I, I know okay. that that's pretty much one of the other things you can do, Bob, is to cultivate the ground around that so that when the water does happen, that it actually does penetrate and perhaps drains how okay? You're telling me also that it collects at the edge of the uh, brick wall there, or whatever you described. Right. But uh, yeah, maybe uh, uh, the saturation there is getting them to be a problem as well. So just check it out, okay. and I think a pH test is where to start. A All little right. tiny and a thing. You know, go to an go to yeah, rhododendron, azalea food uh, fertilizer?
5: Okay, and. A pH test. And yeah. A little, Start with that. A little tape yes. looking things that you can get, or what? It, what
2: no, go to do you It's get? a little jar thing that you shake up and you can find out about it. Mm. <clears throat>
5: All right. Well, thank you very much. Hello. Yeah. A, a nursery have a will know meal. what
2: you're talking A hey, nurseryman will tell, know what you're talking about, at least. Sure. That's from nurseryman to nurseryman. You got it? Okay. All got right. Bob. Very good. Hey. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You take care, and thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to have to take a little ba- break, so Randy and George and Henry, just hang on. We'll be right back. This is Bob Tannum in the Garden Talk. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560.
6: Hey, good morning, Bob. How you doing? Happy Easter to you. Uh,
2: you too. Thank you so much.
6: Yeah, yeah. Hey, got a couple questions, Bob. We've, uh, we've had no luck. Uh, transplanting some pine trees. Uh, we have a couple properties, and we take some off of one property, put them on the other. Um, and then we have yeah. several friends that live in the adjoining areas, and uh, they just pluck them and throw them away, and we kind of like to try to transplant them here at the ranch. And sure. We've heard several different several different uh, scenarios on how to transplant these trees, and I've even taken compass readings and put in, little twist ties on, on a branch and taking a north reading and then, you know, orientating that tree when I get it oh, back sure. to the ranch to the north. and You know, and and just nothing has seemed to work. So, uh, and... What
2: time of year, Randy, to, are you doing this?
6: About now. So, we... The okay. snow's just coming off the ground pretty good. Yeah. The ground's starting to get a little heat in it. Um, sure. And we dig... You know, uh, about an 8-inch tree. We'll dig uh, about a, a foot, foot and a half circle, um, plenty deep. Um, we take a little bit of composting soil from the barn with the goats and the hay and everything, put a little bit in the bottom for some nourishment, and sure. um, and then the natural soil back in. And um, nothing seems to work, Bob. So,
2: Well, timing, I think, is the you problem got? you're having. Uh, Randy, I think okay. it would be in the... The best time would be around well, this is hard because you get the snow uh what's what is the yeah. first snow and frost that you get there? What time of the year
6: uh, I would say about the third week in November, okay uh, Typically, so we maybe, get our snow.
2: What I would try to do is maybe just a couple of weeks before you anticipate the snow that you transplant the pines. let okay. them go through a okay. well if they can go through a winter. Uh, What happens is these plants grow roots through the winter, even in the cold weather. Oh, really? Okay, okay, okay. See the logic behind that. So that if you can transplant them, you could even bare root them, and I think they would take after that. Because I've had some really great success doing that exact same thing with Japanese maples, and they are very sensitive to all of those kind of things. Of course, I don't have the frost and the snow that you have. But uh, I can right. do that with Japanese maples. Just it just just as they are starting to go dormant, kind of place, and that's what you want to. That's when you want to do it because once you get them in the ground, they don't care uh, because they will continue right. to grow their roots through the winter time, and um, and then you know come spring, golly, look at where I am. I and okay. let me know okay. about that because that's my logical kind of uh, approach to this. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think you'll have better luck anyway. Okay.
6: Well, you'll you'll know in a year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, Randy. All righty. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bob.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Anyway, uh, you local people, where are you? <laughs> Come on, oh, get on! <laughs> yeah, really. <California. laughs> I've got uh, you know Baja and, ca- and local and this and that, and they're taking over. But the, you, so need, you know, where are you? <laughs> I mean, that's okay. I, we can, you can so- we do that. Have. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of different kinds of things that uh, going on at this time of the year where we are in California, <clears throat> where the Bay Area and things like that. For example, uh, I'm just now preparing the ground to get ready to transplant uh, some uh, seed for sunflowers and zinnias and that type of thing. Also, if you want to make a cutting on geraniums today and tomorrow, and this this is a pretty good time to do it. They're just barely coming out of dormancy, and it's a good time to catch them before they are out of dormancy. So you might want to do that with your uh, geraniums or pelagoniums and all of that type of thing. Uh, You know, in the east or up in Colorado or Idaho, they would uh, take their cuttings uh, in the fall and then store them through the winter and then plant them in the spring. But in California, we don't have that kind of cold weather. We don't have snow on the ground, at least in the Bay Area that I know of, uh, you know, for any— Practical purposes or anything like that. So you know, whatever. And in the meantime, our numbers. If you'd like to call locally, one four one. Yeah, Happy Easter. One four one five then eight zero eight five six zero zero. I had some uh, interesting thoughts uh, coming out of um, uh, coming out of uh, getting ready for Easter. We'll be expecting people this year. Uh, but only about 50% of the people that want to usually come to my Easter extravaganza mm. will uh, be here. And it's because of the COVID-19. And I, I'm trying to find the logic behind wearing a mask after you get the shot. Uh, I have no, there is no logic to it. So let me know about that. Anyway, Zena from San Jose, local. Hi there, Zina. How are you this morning?
1: Hi, I'm fine, Bob. How are you? Pretty good. Happy Easter. You too. Um, I have a quick question. So I don't know if you remember we spoke uh, maybe a month or so ago about me transplanting this dwarf mandarin orange tree. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, I did about maybe three weeks ago. And um, the first week or so, it looked pretty good. Now the leaves are falling off. So I'm wondering if that's normal. Okay. Uh, uh, it's maybe going Zena, through
2: shock. Describe the... Uh, um now, are there, is there any new growth?
7: Uh,
1: since I planted it about three weeks ago? Yeah. Well, yeah, it looks like there are some really tiny little leaves trying to, okay. to,
2: to grow. Yeah, mm-hmm. as long as those are starting to, as long as there seems to be some new growth, I would not be concerned about it. But uh, because okay. that would be a, a not not I wouldn't say normal, but it's a, it can happen with kind of thing uh, that going on. So I would not be overly concerned with that. Uh, but give uh, what you might try is to, uh, of course, I love VF eleven as a spray for that kind of situation. It will help the plant a lot if you can find it. It's called what? VF eleven.
1: VF11. A, okay. Yeah, it's
2: available in, nur- in a lot of nurseries, but I, I and uh, Ace Hardware will have it as well in their garden shop. So that should help. I do mm-hmm. that kind of thing almost automatically whenever I transplant something.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I did give it some fertilizer and uh, some shock, you know, solution.
2: Like B12, um, yeah. Oh,
1: yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also, um, how often should I water it?
2: How often have you watered Once a it? week. Uh, well, well, okay. I, now, this is a new one. You should do it twice a week at least.
1: Okay. Okay. That'll okay. Help. So I've been watering it about about twice a week, but I wasn't sure if I need to let it dry out. Um, you know, like no, a couple no, of no. weeks ago no, we had
2: that. Well, it's only been how long has it been transplanted? Maybe three weeks. Oh, okay. Now nah, you've got to do it twice a week. And uh, it was transplanted okay. from a container to the ground or from the ground to what? or con- From the ground to the ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, at least twice a week. You've got to keep it moist, but don't let it get saturated either. I mean, that's one of those things you've got to watch too as well. So, all right, there okay. you go.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you
2: very much. Thank you, Zena. You, I hope you help. Paula is in San Martin. Uh, how can I help you, Paula?
1: Hi, Bob. I have a question similar to my brother, Randy, in uh, Garden Valley, Idaho. Um, but <laughs> okay. I have, a, I have a, a sago palm, and it has a little baby on it. And I wonder, how can I separate that and make, a, make another plant?
2: Uh, you can do that in the fall. That's when they're dormant. And you can just take a saw and cut it off.
4: Really, and then Is just... This a, no, wait, hold soil. on,
2: Paula, let me uh, let me caveat in now a little bit. Usually, what happens when you get those sports on the bottom near, that half of the plant has formed roots. So check that okay. out before you get too excited about cutting it off. And if it has roots, why so go ahead and do that, yeah.
1: Okay, okay, so look, yeah, I have to look underground to see mm-hmm. if there's roots and then just
2: off? That's it. Okay. I'll try it, and I'll let you know in a year. There you go, Paul. (laughs) That's where we are. Okay. Well, all right. Thank you for getting even with me. All right. (laughs) All right, Paul, you take care. All right. We're going to have to take a little break, so Sandra, Pat, Helen, and George, just hang on for a second or two. We'll be right back. This is Bob Tanneman, The Garden You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560
7: KSFO. Hi there, Bob. Thank you for what you do. You're just awesome. Um, I do have a problem. Um, Okay, so you had told me on this water-saturated, slightly muddy ground, I was in the process of transplanting a 8-inch crimson queen maple, Mm -hmm. and you told me to wait to make sure and, you know, put the soil amendment or or mix in in there and wait till it gets crumbly a little and dry. Well, I left the house, and my husband had saw that, you know, I started that, so he thought, okay, I'll go ahead and put that in, unbeknownst (laughs) to me. Uh, (laughs) He put it in and put some maple fertilizer, and on top of it he then did what he normally is instructed to do, he watered it. So when I got home I put my foot on it and it was soggy and water kinda came up. So should I take that little eight inch uh no, plant you're just make gonna, out?
2: No, no. Sandra just leave it alone. Uh hopefully that <laughs> will drain uh over a period of time. But as long as it's wet, I think you're okay for a while. Uh it should be leafing out, of course. Um, and, um, if it, uh, I think if, uh, I would give it another week or so. And if it looks okay, like this, it's was a, yet,
7: cause this was yesterday, mm-hmm. this was yesterday. So oh, okay. Week.
2: Yeah, I would. Sure. And uh, see how it yeah. drains, you know, if it drains, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, if it sort of gets crumbly again, why well, then you're in good, you're in good shape then.
7: <clears throat> and if it's still kind of like muddy a little bit. That'll be okay in a week, or pull it out.
2: No, no, I think the damage is already done, one way or the other. Uh, <laughs> and it's either going to make it or not. Uh, but transplanting oh it again won't help. <laughs>
7: Oh, gosh, this is a new, not a new, actually, I've had it in the container for a year. Just don't let your husband water again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I don't, you know, I was so upset, and I thought, calm down, he didn't talk to Bob, he doesn't know what Bob said, he was (laughs) doing what you call a... A honeydew list that ended up being a honey poop list. I I
2: mean, I don't know. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what Easter's all about, resurrection. Okay. Uh, It it probably uh, won't die, huh? Yeah. I think it'll make it, Sandra. They're fairly, uh, well, they're okay. But uh, I I just don't let it water again. But I say give it a week. Go out. T- test it out, and I think that uh you can judge the watering from that point on um and that will give you a clue as to how often to water it
7: okay all right i'll I'll say my prayers for Easter and for my little uh maple tree. Thank okay. you, Bob, and a prayer for you. I'll say a prayer for you, Bob, because you and your family are so wonderful. Thank you for all you do
2: <laughs> well, we try we You know, it's a little harder sometimes. Gravity is increasing, and that's my biggest problem. So, anyway, Sandra, thank you so much for the call. Thanks for listening. Let's go to Pat in Antioch. Hi there, Pat. I do, Bob. I listen to you all the time. You're
8: great. Thank you. What I have is a Myers lemon tree they had for years. It's produced beautiful lemons. But this year, the lemons are like golf balls. What happened?
2: Ah, uh, how often do well, you feed it, Pat?
8: I don't feed it that much. I'm that kind uh-huh. of guy. I just don't like to feed it because I don't know how to regulate it.
2: Well, that's why you want to do it when you have a fertilizer that doesn't burn sort of like an organic citrus food. I would pat okay. I think I think that what I would recommend, One is to add alfalfa to whatever you feed it, alfalfa pellets or alfalfa meal or something like that, and then also to go to an organic uh, citrus fertilizer. Now, uh, it's available at most nurseries, and I think one of my favorites is produced by EB Stone, which uh, would be, um, I know they have a whole line of organic uh, citrus and azalea and all that kind of food. So I would do that, and I would do it once a month, twelve months out of the year, because okay. what you're what you're describing is a uh, a lack of of potassium and uh, other materials, and probably some mineral uh, that is causing uh-huh. your golf ball sized uh, uh, citrus. So oh, okay. get busy, do that, yeah. and uh, put it on a schedule. <laughs>
8: Oh boy, that's hard for me. I'm your age. <laughs> I forget a lot.
0: Well, after Bob's radio no, show, but,
8: uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> right. Just, uh, just uh, you know, tune in once. Yeah, yeah, once a week, and we'll let you know when to fertilize or put it on. Well, a, okay. Have you got a calendar? Maybe I have. A, yeah. I have three of them. Yeah, and uh-huh. I put an X I got there. A ball so.
8: every room. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. All right. The other thing is uh, the growth at the base on that Myers tree. What do I do with that? Did I cut that out or what?
2: A what? What was it?
8: Growth—the the growth of lemon branches and stuff.
2: Oh, at, at the, the base. base
8: the...
2: Yeah, I would cut those Wait. off. Yeah.
8: Just cut them off. Yep. Okay. And the other thing: does wood chip uh, covering affect any plants? Redwood, uh, to, wood chip.
2: <clears throat> well, it may uh, if it's decomposing take some of the nitrogen out of the fertil- uh, out of the uh, ground, and uh, if you have plants in that area, they may show signs of lack of fertilizer.
8: Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, they may take the chips away. You
2: mean? No, nah, just leave them there and then fertilize them more. Get some organic stuff to feed. Uh, get an all-purpose uh, fertilizer from your local nurseries, and they'll they'll help you out with that one. Okay.
8: Okay. The other thing to uh what are, I I I didn't catch it, but what are the thorns on a my on a, a Washington Naval orange tree? The new branches with thorns on them. Oh. You cut those off, or you just leave them alone. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, Pat, if they are down by the base of the tree coming from there,
8: uh, if they have big
2: thorns, if they have big thorns.
8: thorns, But they're in the middle of the tree.
2: Well, yeah, you can cut those off because it's not going to hurt the tree. Yeah. Why fiddle around with those? Sometimes citrus will throw out thorny kind of of limbs, and you can eliminate Uh those if you wish. Because they really serve no purpose.
8: Oh, they don't, huh? No. So it'll affect the tree if I cut them?
2: Nope. You want to keep it? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I I oftentimes see this coming out of older citrus where you have a big thorny branch. Uh, I'm not sure what happens uh, genetically with that but it will be something that you can eliminate because those thorny branches will not bear decent fruit.
8: I noticed that, yeah. I was just worried about cutting them out.
2: No, don't worry about it. Just eliminate them.
8: Oh, thanks a million, Bob. You're great. Keep it up. And I listen to you every day, every Sunday.
2: Well, I'm I'm delighted you do, Pat, and thank you. And happy Easter and all that good, good stuff. Okay?
8: Same to you and your family.
2: Thank you so much. All right. You take care. Uh, Let's go to Helen in Santa Clara. Uh, You're local. (laughs) I I thought I was international here for a while. Anyway, Helen, welcome. (laughs) Good morning to you, Bob, and and have a pleasant uh, Easter day. Um, We're going to have a good crowd. Yeah,
9: (laughs) That's good. Enjoy. We also
2: have an Easter egg hunt for adults. Ever thought about that?
9: <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, i heard you speak of that in the, in the past years. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> it's neat. sort of
2: fun. Well, yeah, you know, we neat. ran out of kids to uh, have Easter eggs, so I thought, well, let's put lottery tickets in hollow eggs and ha- hide those, which mm-hmm. I have yet to do today. But I have to hide them from Edie, if um, you know <laughs> all that kind of good stuff. So we'll figure that one out that's anyway. A, that's a what great is idea. your
7: Okay,
9: my call is I've deadheaded the daffodils now, and I'm wondering if I should fertilize at this time, and if so, uh, to do that, and at a later time, when?
2: Okay, Uh, Helen, you're right on. Right now, because they have been deadheaded uh, on the uh, seed pot, uh, is to give them the uh, fish emulsion food right now. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, one more time as they are really almost shriveled up, the tops, I mean. Oh, okay. And then the third time will be in the fall when they first start showing their head. All right. That's your schedule. Fish Marshall, all righty. You know, and I got that from Rosemary Very, very, uh, who uh, actually is... uh, A was a a person of uh, report, a gardener in England. That this, and she had a picture of her daffodils uh, that were 22 years old. It was glorious. I mean, it was just really beautiful. I had about you know?
9: fifty, about fifty feet by uh, three feet. They were just beautiful, they were real gorgeous. It just very, almost very inspiring. The <laughs> spring is here. <laughs> oh, he I seen. love
2: daffodils. Yeah, no, I have. Yes, and you now, can't ever I, plant enough of them in gardens. I, I just yeah, love them all right. over the place. But I, they do take and, that care, and that care just seems to p- multiply them. They love it. Okay. So do
9: I water some in between, or, or, or uh, how about watering? I'm curious about that, too. Well, if,
2: there are only, if you only have daffodils, then I would water until they dry up, and then perhaps not water until uh, they anticipate in the spring, uh, in the fall. Okay, until dry. Right.
9: Okay, very good. Well, great getting to talk with you again. Okay, <laughs> Take Helen. care.
2: Well, Bye-bye. thank you and happy Easter and all that good stuff. Oh, We're going to have okay. to take a little break right now and then right, get right back to all of your calls. I in fact, we don't have any calls, so come on. Let's. <laughs> come on, call. Yeah. 1 4 1 then 808 You can also go to my website, BobTanum at AO. No, com. Or you can email me at bobtanum at aol.com. All sorts of ways to do that. Uh, I won't give you my home phone number. That uh, is not something I really want to do. Anyway, th- we're going to take a little break and we'll get right back to all of your calls. Hopefully, you'll have some. This is Bob Tanum in the Garden Talk Radio 560, and it is KSFO. You're listening to Bob Tanum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560.
4: <laughs> oh, good morning, Bob, and a blessed Easter to you and yours.
2: Thank you so much. You
4: <laughs> I have uh, uh, We have a grower down the street that grows pumpkins professionally, and we talked about this before he He puts them in around around June. Now, I have these Atlantic giant pumpkin seeds that I, I want to start if it's proper to put them in four inch containers to start them if I could do it that way. And then if I do, when do I start them, and when do I put them in the ground?
2: Okay. Uh, with those, I would do the, uh, yeah, I would, you can start them, uh, let's see, uh, this is April, uh, towards the end of this month, I would start them in the, in the uh, four inch pots. Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Right. Uh, which is a good idea.
4: And then uh, then uh, transplant them them out.
2: Well, I, I would wait until they get their second lease. Oh, Okay. And then plant, transplant okay. them into the ground. So that's up to the temperature and all that. Okay. There'll be variables well, in the weather. Go ahead. Yeah.
4: I I've got about a three and a half inch uh, mm-hmm. diameter uh, uh you yeah, know diameter uh, ground spot in the ground that I prepared and I'm mixing uh some engineered soil with the regular soil and mm-hmm. I'm going to make a little mound there on a mound out of it. how many plants could I put in that three and a half inch diameter you know circle.
2: Three? Oh, okay. I can do that. (laughs) All right, that's it. Okay, Bob, have a good day. Yeah. uh, You know, if you could go online and email me, I can give you some hints on how to grow the big giant pumpkin if that's what you're trying to do. That's what my lady tries to do every year. (laughs) Okay. All right, well, I can get you up to about... 800 pounds. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bob. Email me, and I can give you some directions. I know exactly how to do that. Sure. I, I I cheat a little bit, but then I know how to do it. Uh, anyway, no. okay, Bob, thank you. Thank Have you a so wonderful much day, Bob. <laughs> yeah, happy Easter. Frank is Saratoga. Hi there, Frank. Hey, good morning, Bob. Thanks for taking my
4: call. Oh, um, sure. Je- yeah, I got a house. I bought a house, and it, I inherited some um, vines. The, it's a the developer. It's a subdivided vineyard, and everybody mm-hmm. uh, the, the developer left some vines in everybody's backyard and even in the front sure. yard. One of my neighbors said that if I overwater, you can overwater the vines. I wanted to uh, confirm that with you.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can if you flood them every day. That'd be too much water, and they are established plants. I'm assuming. I'd say and they're a
6: hundred years old. They're, sure. They look
2: pretty thick. Well, I wouldn't water them at all. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, if they look a little wilted in this uh, this time of the year, I might give them one uh, a shot and uh, do a real soaking, but. And of course, this year we haven't had the rain, so that's another variable you want to be considering. So uh, that's what we got to do on that one. So I would just say um, uh, I would not be concerned about the watering with established grapevines. Huh. I
4: thought fruits always needed quite a bit of water. Hmm.
2: Well, established. are so like
3: cherry
4: trees, huh? You could overwater cherry trees and kill them too.
2: Ah, uh, Yeah. You can't, but it has to be a consistently like flooding, you know. And most of all of these trees, fruit trees and otherwise, will adapt to just about any way you want to do anything. So I, I think just uh, don't worry about it.
4: <laughs> okay, sound wisdom from the master. Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> all right, Frank, happy, Christmas, Christmas, uh, and happy Easter. <laughs> Easter, Easter, blah, blah, blah. blah. Anyway. Let's go to Candy and uh, Mountain View. Hi. Hi, dear. Happy Easter to you and Merry Thank Christmas. You. I will celebrate. Uh, of course. That. <laughs> um, I, I don't have my tooth in the morning, that's right. <laughs>
9: <laughs> you just covered, I think, my question because um, I've been concerned about uh, my fruit trees. Uh, I've got uh, a French plum and a Rioso gem that I'm totally in love with. And because Mm -hmm. it hasn't rained, I was thinking, ooh, maybe I'll go out there and water it today.
2: How old are they?
9: Oh, easily um, 15 years.
2: Okay. They have gone through a drought, Uh many, uh, 74, 75, 76, uh, and they survived it. I would, though, with established trees at this time of the year— I would water really well once a month.
9: Once a month. Okay. Yeah. Now, really well, um, if I just leave the hose
2: overnight. with a
9: tr- trickle, it, it's overnight. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. So, so, like, start at 9 in the morning and then shut it off at 9 in the morning.
2: There you go. You got it. All right, I got it. All thank right.
9: you so much.
2: Well, thank and you have so a much. Happen- Happy. I will. <laughs> I'm going to be busy, but that's okay. I have to give up my nap. <laughs> All right, Candy. Thank you so much for that call, and thanks for listening. Let's go to William and Riverbank. Hi there, William. Uh, good morning, Bob.
3: Happy Easter. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. I was uh, calling. I um, was a little maybe confused from earlier. Is it too late to do Actinovate if you already have fruit set?
2: On what?
3: Um, <clears throat> apricots, peaches, and plums, I guess, they all uh, have gotten fruit set already.
2: Okay, well, the as long as the—the uh, the only one I would be concerned with is the peaches, and if they okay. don't have curly leaf, then I wouldn't spray. But if they do, I would go ahead and uh, use the Actinovate.
3: Uh, it's, it is okay after. Okay, cool. And yeah. uh, secondarily, th- thank you. The spinosad worked on the boring beetle for the apricot. That where they were getting through to the trunk, and it's actually he- healing. And I have hundreds of apricots this year. So thank you. Well, that's great,
2: great William. All right.
3: Uh, do I type another quick one? Or if you've got another caller, I can. Oh, email go it.
2: ahead.
5: Yeah,
2: you okay. got me.
3: Uh, I'm, uh, go for it. I'm, On a sago palm, I had uh, transplanted from uh, my mom's yard. I took off the bottom rung so you could actually move it without skewering yourself. And Uh it's been about two weeks, and the top leaves are starting to brown. I'm wondering if it might be an overwatering issue or a climate change issue, if I should just let it go.
2: I I really wouldn't be overly concerned unless they're... A lot of uh, uh, check out the soil if it's, it's saturated, then be very careful about your watering. Because they mean they need very little water, right? As opposed that is to correct, they're Susceptible
8: yeah. to overwatering. But it,
2: okay, but it's just recently transplanted, so you know, be careful of what you do. You may, you know, never mind. But then, uh, just uh, <laughs> it's a matter of you got to water well, but less often. How's that sound?
3: Kind of like the fruit trees. (laughs) There you go.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay.
3: Okay. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day.
2: All right. You got it. And let's get to John real quickly. Hi there, John. Hi. Thank you. Good morning. I have a problem with grubs in the
5: lawn, and the raccoons roll up the sod to eat the grubs.
0: Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents. We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just. To do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more.